It's the Skinny Podcast, only on Local12.com. Now, here's Richard Skinner. Welcome into the Skinny Podcast, the Bengals edition. I'm Richard Skinner, Local12.com digital sports columnist and editor, along with Jed DeMusi, Local12 reporter, anchor, and sports producer, as the Bengals get set to take on the Denver Broncos, two woeful three-and-six football teams meeting in the Mile High City on Sunday. You can catch the game on Local 12 as well. But before we preview that game, let's look back at uh, at the Tennessee game, the Vontez Perfect ejection, the comments from Marvin Lewis this week about both John Ross and A.J. McCarron, um, and then we'll look ahead to, to the game. Um, the Bengals look like they're about to absolutely steal a win with the touchdown pass yep. to A.J. Green. Offense, again, doing absolutely nothing in the second half. Uh, can't get first downs. Can't, can't really sustain anything. And the defense keeps hanging around and hanging around. And finally they hit the big play, only then to find a, a way to lose that game. And maybe to some degree that's what this team is. The margin for error is so small that even when you almost have a chance to steal one, you're just not quite good enough to get the win. And it comes down to... The entirety of the game. I mean, you can talk about how the offense wasn't able to do anything and how they took the lead. They, they had an opportunity in that second half really to go up two scores at any given time because Tennessee wasn't doing anything. The defense was playing well enough to, to preventing Tennessee from doing anything. And then the offense scores and the defense can't stop them on the drive. The defense, after, after a, uh, a, I'm sorry, Andy Dalton fumbles, Darquez Denard gets it right back. They end up scoring. The defense can't hold there to prevent a field goal. I mean, it's just, if it's not one thing, it's another thing. If the offense makes a mistake and the defense accounts for it, and then the offense is able to score a touchdown, then the defense takes it. It is. It's two, two steps forward, three steps back for this team, and two scores right at the end of the first half and right at the end of the game ended up obviously being the difference. Vontez Burfitt gets ejected. Second straight week, the Bengals have had a guy ejected. Uh, A.J. Green, obviously, way out of character. Not so much out of character for Vontez Burfitt. Um, and I can see the argument that, that you know, what did he really do? Um, but he touched an official, and you just simply cannot do that. He now is starting to plead his case that, that referees are cursing at him and picking on him. And I'm sorry that I don't believe it, but I don't believe it. Um, and I... I he has taken some steps this year to come really close to committing personal foul unnecessary roughness penalties. The one out of bounds on the running back, I think it was DeMarco Murray, yeah. he bumped him. And I know the argument from Vinny Ray was, you know, he had his momentum going. Uh, okay, except it, it's him. And he did look like he tried to bump him. Was it egregious? No. With what he did to the official, was it egregious? Did he, did he punch him in the back of the head or shove him to the ground? No, but... He, he, why is he always the guy in the middle of all this stuff? Why is it constantly happening? Well, and I think the other part is, and I think really our photographer, Matt Alexander... It was great. It was, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. That was the, that was the money shot. Explain he it. He had the fantastic angle of, of Vontez getting ejected, and if you saw what happened before he made contact with the official... And why he got pushed by a Tennessee player. Right. Not even hard, but just pushed. Yeah, Conklin was, was getting pushed, pushed off... Perfect because he was standing on a guy's arm. I think it was Schwanky. Yeah, it was. It was, a, it was the guard. The uh, the offensive lineman. Mm-hmm. He he constantly. Just and, and don't tell me that wasn't the... intentional. It, it, you can say, oh, I didn't know he was back there. Yeah, you did. Yes, you did. You can almost. It, and because it's him. Right. That's why. Because it's him. So is it karma that even though the 
incidental contact with the referee was was what got him ejected. Did he deserve it for that? You can argue maybe not. Did you can you argue that maybe the ref made contact with him first before he made contact with the official? Yes, you could argue that. But I will say the official had his arm out trying to separate the players is what he was doing. Right, that's correct. And and standing on a guy's arm when he's on the bottom of a pile and the referee doesn't see it, but then you get thrown out because you bumped the referee, I mean, maybe that's poetic justice. Absolutely. Who knows? The bottom line is is that this guy knows where the line is and he can't help himself he can't. from going over it. He, he can't help himself from going over it. So what, 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 I guess here's the question, what can the Bengals do? I mean, are they Nothing. at the stage, stage where they say, like, you can if you want to hold somebody accountable. I mean, you can, you could make him inactive. You can make him as active as, and you think, one thing I do think is he does love to play football. I think he loves the physicality right. of it. You want to hurt him and hold him accountable? Hold him out? Don't let him play? I, I, I know you can argue it hurts your team, but he hurt your team by getting ejected, Right. I mean, I just don't know if that solves anything because he's held himself out of games because of things well, that he's I, I know, done. He's I know this. Su- he's been suspended. I, I know this, and, and I, I didn't get a chance to write it this week, um, and something else will come up will allow me to write I guarantee you. Um, then you don't extend him. Um, he's, not a, he's not a great player right now. He's not, he's not a great player anymore. He's barely recorded double-digit tackles in the last 26 games he's played, where if you look at some of the games before that, that man was a menace. And there's an occasional game. The Philly game last year, he had a couple of picks and 15 tackles, and he showed up. Came back in camp in shape, looked really good at times in the preseason, but hasn't looked good playing the middle. Um, hasn't been really a playmaker. I mean, have you noticed him on Sundays of late, other than him getting ejected? Not really. So, I guess it goes back to this. Is he the elite player that they really think he is to where you go ahead and extend him for the money they extended him for? And I know I'm going in hindsight here because they've already extended him. It's not, it's not a matter you can't go back and change it. You've already done it. And and the Browns are loyal. They're loyal to to guys. They're 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 by and large, they if they take a chance on you, he was an undrafted free agent, or undrafted rookie free agent. He out of Arizona State had his problems. Who would have been the, probably a first or second round pick if he hadn't had pro- the same problems in college? Right. So it, it is it is a question of whether or not do you cut bait at this point? Is it too late? He has I don't know necessarily if you would say that he's taken a step back because he has had games this year. I think against the Bills he played very well. He did. So he had thirteen tackles against Buffalo. It is his only double digit tackle game of the season. Okay, so right. he's, he's capable of having good games, but there also is the the issues that continue to pop up, and and he's shown his he's shown his stripes for lack of a better term. We know what he is and the Bengals know what he is and again you want every single player on the field offense defense special teams to play with the edge that he has if they could get 22 guys on offense and defense to play with that edge that he has they would take it the problem is he doesn't know when to stop correct the the the, the edge goes above and beyond a lot of times unfortunately right. but if you would ask coaches and you sure. would say would you rather have 22 nope. guys where you have to tell them where the edge is correct. or 22 guys that never get there they would take 22 guys I, that you have to tell them where the edge is i don't disagree with and you the problem is is that this coaching staff the front office everybody involved has thought that eventually through the league suspending him or through him having a heart to heart with with marvin lewis that there's going to be something where he acknowledges, okay, this is the edge, and I can't go any any further than this, and it just hasn't happened yet. No, and I, and I don't know if it's ever going to happen. And, um, you know, what it ends up doing is he ends up letting the football team down. 
Now, oh, wait a minute. No, John Ross let the football team down. Let, let, let's get to that comment for this week. <laughs> Marvin Lewis, of course, John Ross didn't didn't get a chance to play many snaps, and, and they don't feel he's ready, and I've talked about that on this podcast. Um, and I'm fine with that. If that's, if that's the coaches they see practice, we don't. We only see a small portion of it as media members. Um, so I'll, I'll trust that part of it. But Sunday, John Ross gets a target thrown his way. It's supposed to be a deep route against man coverage. He gets a little physicality, stops running his route because – he got bumped. God forbid he could run through it, but he got bumped. Um, stopped running his route. Andy Dalton threw a pass that landed in a spot where he thought John was going to wind up. Chances are pretty good if John had kept running, it would have been a touchdown. It was not. Um, and then Marvin Lewis asked about John Ross and, and the lack of playing time and what's it going to take, etc. at his press conference on Wednesday. And he said, John let his teammates down, he let me down, and he let Andy Dalton down. I, I've never heard him say that about another player in another situation. He can't be... He can't be more wrong or more over the line in those comments, and I think it absolutely shows he doesn't want this guy. He didn't want this guy, and he's sick of this guy, to be honest with you. It's a perplexing situation because I think, and you've been in Wednesday, you you go and you're there, you've got a seat with your name on it, and, and for you to say that you've never heard him say anything like that goes far beyond me saying I've never heard him say anything like that, and I haven't. What I think is kind of interesting is, when we do Bengals Nation with him on Tuesday, it's just me, Gary Miller, and a couple of photogs in the room. Right. And there have been occasions where he knows that it's it's an off-the-record time when the sure. cameras aren't sure. on. And he's given his opinion to players before. He's maybe said some things that he would never say in a press conference. But given the opportunity to say something about John Ross, he hasn't. He hasn't said anything to us. He said something earlier in the year that he just it's hard for him to get on the field. Even without the injuries, it's hard for him to, to do what we need him to do, which is what I intimated to you a few weeks mm-hmm. ago when I said maybe there's something other than the injury keeping him off the field. But I was more shocked on Wednesday when he made those comments because I did not even see it coming in that brief time that we have with him on Tuesday right. where he has sort of let his hair down for lack of a better term. It doesn't have a lot of hair to let right. anymore, but, right. and it's graying. Um, that, that, to me, was was completely out of left field. Because if there, you can say a lot about Marvin Lewis. You can, there's a lot you can say about him. One thing you can't say is that he does not publicly throw his people under the bus Never. like that. He does Never. not do it. And he's had, he's had ample reasons to do it with certain players at certain times over certain incidents, right? I, I mean, who hasn't let this team down this year? Right. Who hasn't let this team down? Is John Ross the only guy that's let this team down this year? Did he Are run, you kidding look, me? Did he, run, did, he, did he not complete his route? Of course he did not. Um, does he need to run through the physicality of it? Of course he does. It's one. He's not the first receiver that's that's been designated to run a go route that, for whatever reason, has stopped. Maybe he read coverage the wrong way. Maybe he, he saw something that wasn't there. Maybe he did get bumped. He's not the first receiver to have that happen. And, and for him to say that he let in a, in a game in which your star linebacker, right, your star guy, the guy that you've backed, got kicked out of a game, and then acted the way he acted to say John Ross let you down? Yeah, Come on, man. That's a bit of a – I mean, and that's that's just – I mean, you are cherry-picking one incident of a thousand right. where he could have got up there and sure. been totally justified in saying this person let us down, this person let us down. I mean, I just – I don't know why. And it, 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 it must go back to the fact that, that above all else – and to me, there, there's something else going on here because it just doesn't make sense to me that above all else, above, above all other players that he's coached, 
that he's taking this opportunity with this guy. Did he want O.J. Howard desperately? Is I, that I, the point? I, I don't like, know. What's, what's behind this? <laughs> You know, I, I'm going to think out loud here because I, I wrote a piece about how I thought he was oh, over the line. Um, I'll go behind the desk and yeah, while you think yeah, out loud. Think, I think that was a boil of frustration of, look, man, you guys didn't re-sign my left tackle. Okay? I wanted somebody whoa, else in the first round. No. Whoa, no okay. I, All right. I wanted I'm somebody else you. in the first round, and you, and you gave me this guy who's a project. This is my last year, and I'm sick of it. That's what I read into that comment. You know, what's the... What's the Occam's razor? Most likely the the theory that makes the most sense is normally the right one. Maybe, yeah. That may be the right theory. I mean, that may make that makes the most sense to me, and that you may be the right theory. You saddle me with this slop of an offensive line when I'm the one who wanted him re-signed. Because, again, he's taking the bullet for this. People point the finger, well, Marvin Lewis didn't want... What, eh, don't be so fast on that. I, I don't... I, I think if you asked Marvin if he wanted it went back, yes, he did. Uh, no doubt about it. Zeitler, I think he understood the finances of Zeitler. Um, anybody with common sense understood the finances of Zeitler. I think this was him, the, the, all the frustration of, you gave me this in my last year as coach? Okay, you know what? I'm, I'm going to say something about it in, in as, maybe as thinly veiled while still taking a shot way as I possibly can. Yeah, and I don't think anyone's necessarily extrapolated it that far. I think it stops with maybe Marvin Lewis is just fed up. I don't know if it goes that far. I think a couple things, based on what you're saying, or based on what you're speculating – is this is I, I don't think it's even a question that this is his last ride here, but I also think a lot of people, and I'll get your get your take on this because I've talked to a few people and they seem to think they know what's what's going on, and I'll get your take. There's a growing part of the fan base, or at least a part of the fan base, that thinks he's going to move upstairs after this year. Yeah, I don't think that. I, I just don't. Um, I. I, th- I know that premise is there, um, and it's not far-fetched. So, I mean, I don't want to come off as making it sound like that's, that's the dumbest thing ever. No, it's not possible. I-, I just honestly think that he would sit out a year and look to get back into coaching before he'd do that. That's that's what I think. And, and um, you know, go move out, out to Arizona where he's got a house and just, just take a deep breath. Because it is whether – you, right. whether you like the job that Marvin Lewis has done, to grind for 15 years – and it is a grind. That's a long time, man. That is a long time to grind. Well, as a head coach, I mean, obviously he was an assistant before that. It's been a long grind. Um, so I, I don't think I don't think that would take place. Um, I just don't. I don't think it would take place. People that I've that I've talked to said if your last name isn't Brown or Blackburn, there's really no spot upstairs for you. This is a family company, and they they have people. In the family, family get those jobs. He's not going to be executive vice president, player personnel. He's not going to that job isn't waiting. For and they and they have a guy to some degree, right? I mean, Duke Tobin right. is that guy, right or wrong? And that doesn't mean he can't be notched above Duke Tobin right. in, in, in kind of a title you're talking about. I just I don't see it. I don't, no, I and don't. I think it goes to you know. And he's it, not he's not if, if you know this being his last year. No one's going to hire him right out of this year to be a head coach. No, and and basically what what you're saying is the veiled shot at hey, I'm I'm upset that you didn't bring back my left tackle. If, if that's the reason why he did it, which I think there's reason to believe that he, that is the reason why he did it, then he knows there's nothing Correct. upstairs waiting for, or else he wouldn't make that comment. Correct. I think Marvin. I think if we're if we're speculating on the future of Marvin Lewis, he's on the competition committee. I think there's probably a job in the NFL. Maybe, and that, and that may be too. That's a good point. That may be too. So he's well. You know, you don't 
coach for 15 years, and in addition to that, coach for X number of years outside of that. I mean, he's been he's in... Got, he's got a coaching tree, he's right been or wrong. In, he's been in the NFL since 1991, right? right? right. Something in like Pittsburgh. that. He's He knows a lot of people, and I think there's there's maybe a, a Joe Torre-like job waiting for him somewhere. He, he and Mike McCarthy coach together. Maybe he'll go be defensive coordinator in Green Bay. There you go. How about that? Uh, one other note <laughs> Over from, Dom Capers. <laughs> well, Dom's getting to the retirement age, too. Right. Um, one other note from this week at the press conference, and it was a, it was a legitimate question asked, and I'll just I'll, I'll, I'll state the question On that was paper, asked. On paper, you in Denver. Yes. Right? No, no, I like that one, too. Is that question? That, that's a question. that wasn't the legitimate question. No. no. It was, is there, and this is one that everybody wants answered, too. Is there a benefit to giving A.J. McCarron playing time at the end of the year? Marvin's answer was, I don't think so. Not if Andy continues to play well and do the things right, like taking care of the ball and running the offense the way we expect him to run it. And I agree with that. I don't. What is the benefit to playing AJ McCarron? There's no benefit. You're, you're not re. You're not resigning him now. Now you can put a tender on him, and you may be forced to resign him if the tender is such that another team doesn't want to match it. But as we talked about a couple of weeks ago, when the whole McCarron trade thing came down, um, I, I I do think they tender him just to get some level of compensation. But I think they tender him at a second round level that some team is right. more than willing to match. First round, maybe not. But second round, yeah, I can see them tendering a second round money. So what, what, what are you what are you trying to show? You're not showing you're not trading. You can't trade him. He's a free agent. Whether he's going to be unrestricted or restricted is the only question in that regard. Right. The and they can tender him to what first, second, or fifth. First, second, or well, yeah, it's really first or second of the main, and then and then, and then the then. next level of money is the level of, um, the, 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 of the round your draft is. So there's really okay. just three levels of money. It just pertains to the level of round your draft. Okay. So yes, first, second, or fifth, or, so they, I, or not tender him at all. But I don't. They're right. not going to do that. I think the second round tender. Well, I, I agree with you. That'll be the way to go. They have they had a deal in place. You know, I guess, or there was speculation that they had a deal in place with Cleveland. Yeah, they did. I mean, that, I, yeah, it's okay. pretty sick to say okay. they did. They had, yeah. a, they had a deal in place with Cleveland for a second and third round pick. That's only going to go down if he plays. Yes, correct. That's only going to go down if he plays. Yeah. You're not going to get more than a second and third round pick well, for AJ McCarron. And, and, and you're, you're not, not. now because the trade deadline's come and gone. So what, that's the part. Well, there's nothing left to showcase here, right? Right. What, what are you showcasing? Right. You, you can showcase a guy that all of a sudden you decide, oh crap, we can't even put a second round tender on him. Um, let's put the fifth-round tender and hope that somebody signs him because in, in the two games we let him play, he was 18-43 of 43 for 175, two interceptions. And look, I think he can play in the league. I've made that point clear. I don't think he's better than Andy Dalton, I, I, but I do think A.J. McCarron can play in the league. But in this offense, they're literally the, – he's, he's a very patient guy who's not going to take a lot of risks. You will see check down after check down after check down – on top of six to seven sacks, he will get sacked far more often because he's way more pay. It just is what he is. Um, he's not quite to that that Andy Dalton get it out of your hand quickly scenario of the game. So that's what I would ask anybody that thinks there is a benefit. What what is the benefit to playing agent? You're not you're not showcasing him for a trade. You can't trade him. That trade deadline's gone. You you you're not showcasing him to, to put a better tender on him because I don't think you're going to put a number one on him anyway. So why I wouldn't do it. I'm with him unless Andy tanks. Badly, and if you watch this team, if you paid any attention, look, he's not had a good year, but he is far from the problem. The problem is the five got five blocks of granite up front, or five blocks of whatever yeah, you want to call granite. it. Granite, Cl- granite, granite in the sense clay that they paper. can't move. Clay paper, I guess. <laughs> um, I, no, I, I'm with Marvin I, I, on that one. I, I I don't think there's any benefit to playing AJ McCarron. I, I, it's it's just it's not. It, there's he's. I don't think he's going to be motivated. I don't think, I don't think the Bengals are motivated. I, I think if this were a situation where you honestly thought 
that you could sign him to a first round tender and somebody would match, then you do it. Oh, sure. Sure. Then you do it. Sure. I, and I just, what team is going to give up a first round pick for AJ McCarron? That's correct. And it's easy, again, we talk about this all offseason. It's easy to say we should, we should trade AJ McCarron for a second round pick. You've got to find a partner Absolutely. for that trade. And you, you say, cannot, Sam, Sam, you found one, and it just right, didn't work. But you cannot trade a player, or you can't tender a player. You can't say, oh, you know what? I'm going to sign a guy to a first-round tender, and if nobody signs him, then I get a first-round pick, and he just goes you know, off into the free agent pool on Madden. Right. right. Like, it doesn't work that way. You have to find a partner for him. And if you can find me a team that is going to pay a first-round pick for A.J. McCarron, then... I'll be into. I, I but I think there I are plenty that would pay a second round pick for a guy that's at least you've seen film on in an NFL game, in an NFL playoff game. As a matter of fact, I, I think you would get a second round ten sign of that tender, and you'd get that pick. And I think there's a team. I I personally think there are teams right now that would do it. Absolutely. But, that, but that's the ceiling. Right. So what's the point of playing it? Exactly. What's the right. point of playing it? The Buffalo Bills may be a team that'd be interested this offseason. That's a good point. We'll see what Petermon does. I don't think Petermon will be so good. So, all right, let's. Uh, got a nice urban sombrero, though. <laughs> it's well played. All right, let's look ahead to this uh, this Denver game. Um, Broncos got off Woo! to a three and one start, hit, hit the bye week, and since the bye week, zero oh and five, including a home loss to the woeful New York Giants. Uh, they have gone absolutely in the tank. They got obliterated in that game, didn't they? Uh, twenty three to ten. Yeah, basically at oh, home. That lo- wasn't the game I was thinking. Losing by two touchdowns, they got yeah. obliterated at Philly, fifty one twenty three, and then got obliterated last week by New England, forty one sixteen. Look, the off- their offense has been bad pretty much for for the course of the season, or bad enough. The defense had been good until the last two games. They'd given up less than three hundred yards in their first seven games this year, and then the last two gave up four nineteen and three ninety six. So. Couple how bad their offense has been was suddenly the defense is taking a step backwards. That's why this team sits at three and six, like the Bengals sit at three and six. This could be a, a McCarron landing spot too this offseason. It could be. I mean, they've got a lot of cooks in that kitchen, but Brock Osweiler, I mean, comes full circle for him. He signs that massive deal with the Texans, and then the Browns take him off his hands, and now he's back after being cut. The Browns are paying him fourteen million dollars to quarterback year. Denver to quarterback to, Denver to help Denver lose games. So I mean. You can look at the Browns and say, what a mess, but they at least were able to walk away from yes. Brock Osweiler, and they're not walking away because they're paying him $14 million, but yeah, this team this team's in, in big trouble. It looked at the beginning of the year like Trevor Simeon could play ball a little bit. And Absolutely. It looked like he was... When with him being efficient, running yeah. it, and they're, then that very good defense. Yeah. Vance Joseph was living the, having the time of his life, according to one ESPN sideline reporter, Sergio Dip, who goes into the annals of... <laughs> The annals of something, uh, and then it, yeah, I mean it, it just that quickly that quickly fell apart. Von Miller is still Von Miller. I mean he is still the the class of of um, NFL linebackers in my opinion. But you know if you don't have a guy who can play quarterback in this league, you're toast. You're toast. And they, and they don't and they don't have one. Correct. Um, and as I mentioned, the defense has struggled, and, and really they've not been very competitive the last five games. Those those losses. Lost by 13, by 21, by 10, by 28, by 25. You got to get as, as bad as the Bengals have been. Really, they've thrown in a clunker, and the clunker was at Jacksonville. And even then, if you take the punt return away, it's still a 16-7 game late in that game. For goodness' sake, right? They've been pretty competitive. I think they go out here and, and compete. And honestly, them as goofy as it sounds, if you'd have told me at the beginning of the year. The Bengals go out to Denver and win. I told you you're nuts. And if, if you'd have told me that as bad as the Bengals have played, that they could go out in Denver and win, I'd say you're absolutely nuts. I, I think they got a puncher's chance. 
I do too. I think what Denver has going for it is if they can hypnotize Osweiler and get and get a game out of him. He, I mean, they have Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders. Emmanuel Sanders had a very good game against the Patriots. Went for over 100 yards receiving. He played very, very well. Both guys are on pace for a 1,000-yard season. Yeah, so they've, again, if you can somehow... Or Sanders is not, just below, but anyway, yeah. If you can, if you can somehow figure out a way to get Osweiler to tap into to any part of, of the game that's been good for him, if you can hypnotize him, then, then, then the Broncos probably get back on track and, and win this game. You have to hypnotize way more Bengals, <laughs> in my opinion, okay. to, to get this to get this game. Now, it's more important that the quarterback be proficient than than an offensive tackle. But the that offensive, offensive tackle, tackle's gotta go he's gotta go against Vaughn Miller too. And he's not far behind. Correct. So this team has issues, has performance issues, and Denver has one really big one and the the Bengals have maybe not as big of one, but some Smaller ones that add up. All right, final score prediction from you. Mm. You're going Denver, obviously. Unless you're going to be the I don't think I don't think I'm going Denver. Oh wow! I think they're gonna I think they're gonna salvage a game on this on this three game road trip. I think I think that they're gonna get a, a victory. Um, I'm gonna say uh, 24. I'll say 24 to 16, just to be weird. I'll go 16-15 Bengals. Oh! To be even weirder with a weirder score just for you. How about that? 16-15 Bengals, who Marvin said on Wednesday are not out of it. And if they do win in Denver, 4-6. and six. Cleveland comes here 5-6. and six. Monday night or against Pittsburgh, when you got a little momentum going, you get to 6-6. Six and six. <laughs> We're in a season where, honestly, 9-7 nine, nine and seven will get you in the playoffs. Maybe Marvin's right. Maybe they're not out of it. <laughs> Maybe hell is freezing over. So there we go. All right, time now for our favorite part of the week, where I'm I'm, I'm oh, so good. So good. It's our, both so good. It's the three team teaser of the week, a seven point three team teaser. It's our gambling degenerate segment of the program. Where last week I took the Washington Redskins up to seven and a half. They lost by eight. I took <laughs> I took Detroit Sorry. down to two and a half. That one worked because they covered right. by two touchdowns. I took Buffalo up to nine. Oh, you needed, I needed nine another, times I needed nine. another 20 in front of that nine as they got <laughs> obliterated at home by New Orleans. So I'm still stuck on one victory for the season. For you last week? Last week, oh my gosh. Uh, I, I had the Rams minus five. That, that was perfectly yep. fine. I had Jacksonville in one of the most ridiculously entertaining games of the year. Overtime. Jacksonville and the punt. Chargers. And, and the Marquise Lee um, taunting in the end zone. I mean, that game... Was so ridiculously fun to watch. Not a good game, right? But a ridiculously fun game to watch. But Jacksonville won the game, and I had him at plus four and a half. But Dallas's left tackle owes me some money. No, the Dallas offensive coordinator and head coach owe you that money. How you? No. no how you let that kid single block when it was clear from the jump that he could not block that dude is asinine. I felt for the guy. It's like, dude. You get beat once, okay, but a couple of times, better go out there and chip him. A third time, you better have a tight end lined up over there, hitched to him to help that kid out. I blame them, not the kid. I can't remember the young man's name. I don't. It he, he was the number one trending topic on Twitter oh, after the game. Adrian Claiborne got rich off of yes, him. Yes, he did. Like literally, literally rich. Because yes. he he met he his, met a goal. He met a, a seven or eight sack total, which got him four hundred fifty thousand dollars. He had six sacks in that game. Mm. 
and and that totally dismantled anything Dallas was was trying to do. They were plus ten against Atlanta. And I think they lost by thirteen or seventeen. Yeah, it was brutal. something like that. Yeah. So I didn't win because of Dallas and because of either Jason Garrett or whoever you want to blame for that. But that was that was hard to watch. And that was the that was the marquee game. Yes, correct. That was the the big four o'clock game. So everybody was watching. And Adrian Claiborne got real healthy in that game. Big time. My goodness. Big time quickly. All right, uh, I'll let you start with your three-team teaser of this week. Okay. Um, I'm going to go Lions plus four at Chicago. I think the Lions are still a team that uh, that can hang around. I like that. I like I like them getting points. I'm not sure if Chicago, they, they, you know, they've had a hard time being uh, more than um, – one-dimensional on offense. Don't think they're really ready to unleash Trubisky. I'm going to keep riding the Rams. Undefeated on the road. They're going to Minnesota. They're getting two and a half, so I'm going to tease it up to nine and a half. Sean McVay, that train keeps rolling. Nine and a half points at Minnesota. They're undefeated on the road. So even if they lose, maybe they lose by less than a touchdown. And then just too many points. Andy Reid off a bye is pretty good. But I'm taking the New York Giants at home. Oh! Plus seven. (laughs) Wait a second. I thought I I had some Giants homeritis or something earlier. I'm going to take some press conference guy juju here, or some uh, press box guy juju, your favorite Um, person in the world, plus um, 17 and a half. Right. Good luck. You need about 37 17 and a half at home. I'm taking the Giants. Let's rise up here. Last two games since their bye week, a loss to the Rams at home, 51-17, and a loss to the 49ers, who had not won a single game, 31-21. 31-21. I get 17 points. Sounds it good. was the Niners. <laughs> but I get 17 points. Good luck. You got the hook, too, right? Got the hook. Okay. All right, you're good. All right. I'm going a completely different direction. I'm going to take Green Bay at home, getting nine. Um, I don't think much of Young Hunley, but um, they showed me something on the road winning last week. Um uh, so I'll take them at a home against Baltimore. I think Baltimore's. I don't think Baltimore's good enough to win that game outright. I'm surprised they're favored. All right, New Orleans got me last week, but I'm going to New Orleans this week. I'm going to tease them to one and a half. They're playing Washington at home. Um, I just basically need them to win outright. And I'm going to take the Chargers at home against Nathan Peterman in Buffalo. I don't think the quarterback switch is going to help the Bills at all. I just need the Chargers to win the game, but I'm also getting one and a half. So Green Bay, New Orleans, the Chargers, my three-team teaser of the week. Well, and Buffalo's in the playoffs yeah. right now. Yeah, it was a strange today, move. Strange move. It's an interesting move that they would they would bench Tyra Taylor. What, what shocks me about these three-team teasers is we don't talk to each other no, correct. before we pick these. Correct. And we have... Every week, wildly different. I think we've had one, 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 once or yeah. twice we've had a a similar team. Right, and neither one of us can win. No, <laughs> it just tells you gambling's bad. Gambling <laughs> is for suckers. Just remember that at all times. Although your tip of the week right now, take UC basketball over in any game they play. I think they're three for three. How about that? They're very good. Um, all right, what do we got coming up on uh, on local twelve this uh, this coming weekend, the week ahead, and at uh, Bengals Nation? Bengals Nation, we are going on Tuesday this coming week. Uh, Gio Bernard has uh, requested uh, Tuesday, so we're gonna we're gonna accommodate him. Gio always gets a good crowd. We invite you to come down. Uh, you can win some gift cards. You can uh, obviously get a, an autograph from Gio. That'll be Tuesday night at the Moorline Logger House. Um, so, so the, that would be Thanksgiving Adam, not Thanksgiving That's Eve. Correct. Very well played. So uh, come down for that. Obviously, the full complement of shows on the weekends, the Luke Fickle Show, Sports Authority. You'll join uh, Dave Lapham and Gary 
on the field after the game with some analysis after that. I think I'm going to have Chad Brendel and, and Rick Broering in. Need to talk to those guys Absolutely. to talk some hoops. Uh, so, obviously, just keep rolling. We keep rolling. The Bengals not playing as well, but we still have our full complement of, uh, of shows. Luke Absolutely. Right. show, if I forgot to mention. Yeah, you said it. Okay. You yeah, yeah. do a good job with it. All right, uh, Rick, uh, Rick and Chad join me as well weekly on our uh, college basketball podcast. We have that for you at local12.com. And also the weekly Angry Quarterbacks podcast with former UC Bearcats quarterback Tony Pike and my former radio hey, partner Tom Gamble. And be sure, go fund me for yes, Chad Yes, for Brandle. Chad Brendel, yes. If you, if you haven't listened to the college basketball podcast i recommend that you do so it's really really good and now that basketball is underway and we've got two really good teams in cincinnati you and should, those guys are really good you should listen to that but the GoFundMe, if you haven't heard on that podcast chad brendel's wife dealing with um, multiple myeloma yes, I believe, stage three correct. cancer um there's a GoFundMe. I, i've retweeted it i think you've retweeted yep. it it's on his site so Give what you can and and help that family out. Very well said. Very well done. All right. We'll be back next week as the Bengals uh, get set to take on the Cleveland Browns. This one, the Bengals, we'll see what they can do in Denver. For Jed Demusi, I'm Richard Skinner. Thanks for listening to today's Skinny Podcast, the Bengals edition.